What's up, long players? Welcome to the Long Play Listening Party, the show where we go deep on local music, writing, recording, inspiration, gear, whatever else sounds good to us. I'm Howie Howard from Mr. Furious Records. Whole crew's in the house, starting with Nate Holt. What's up, Nate? How's everybody doing? Royce Steinwind, you staying warm? I am very comfortable, thank you. Excellent. And special guest, Megan Luttrell. Hey, Megan. Yeah. Hey, everybody. We will be listening to Megan's uh, EP, Broken Bottles, plus her newer singles, uh, and don't quote me on the order here, Just Out of Reach, Burn, Folk Singer, and Miss You. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So to get us started, uh, will you tell us a little bit about your uh, your musical journey, kind of where you started in music, where you've been, and uh, what you're up to now? Sure. Um, so I have been making music my whole life. Um, I started playing guitar when I was in high school and writing some really terrible songs back then. Um, and then in college, I kind of started performing out a little bit and I, I went to college in Vermont and I was introduced to traditional music. I was in the old time music club there. So I learned a lot about folk and classic country music there, which kind of inspired my style. Um, played out a little bit, but, you know, I was in college and I was working. So it was hard for me to, to really do a lot with that other than open mics and a few shows. Um, and then in 2011, I moved to Lawrence, Kansas to go to KU to get my PhD and music kind of stopped for a while because I was so busy. And then the administrative assistant of my department and my now very good friend Eileen Larson told me, you need to get to the Gaslight and you need to play their open mic. Mm -hmm. And so I, I stopped in there and I was all timid and weirded out and nervous about playing in front of strangers. I didn't know anyone in Kansas. And, you know, I played there and people were just incredible. They were immediately so supportive. They just welcomed me right into the Lawrence music community and, um, I think the first or second time I played there, this guy, Outlaw Jake, popped up out of nowhere and was like, I'm going to record your album and I'm going to do it for free because I believe in what you're doing. And so that's how Broken Bottles got recorded uh, back in 2016. He recorded a few people's EPs and and something of his own, too. We had a little release party at at Gaslight and, you know, people said, well, you have to come and you have to play the Gothic Cowboy Review at Frank's. And then I met a bunch of people at Frank's. Um, and so I was able to play out a little bit then, um, but not, nothing too serious because I was getting my, my PhD. So I was very, very, very busy. Um, and then I graduated in 2018 uh, in December, got a job January, 2019, teaching at a university. And it was three weeks into my first adult teaching job that my mother very unexpectedly passed away. I had only worked there. Mm. Thank you. I'd only worked there a few weeks and I was a visiting lecturer. So I didn't qualify for any kind of bereavement leave or anything. And I wanted to be able to take care of my dad and myself. So I left my job and, you know, music was my only other marketable skill. It was my only other way to make money because surprisingly, there are not really any Russian language teaching jobs in Kansas. Um, mm. <laughs> I don't know if that, that shocks you or surprising. not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then music just I, full time immediately just dove into it after I kind of 
I don't know if I can say recovered from losing my mom, but was enough, you know, recovered enough to be able to be in public again. Um, and I started playing, I think three or four shows a week. Uh, I eventually started hosting an open mic at Caw Valley public house. I host a all women songwriter showcase monthly at Caw Valley. And it's just, that has really grown, um, my connections with other musicians and it's become kind of like a home away from home there. Um, and then I started recording with a friend of mine, Matthew Molnix. I met him through Americana Music Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he's a, an instructor there and he, I don't know how he found me, but he asked me to open for him at his album release. And that's how we met. And he's got a, a home studio. So that's where I recorded my newest four singles, two of them I released in 2019 in April. So that was Miss You and Folk Singer. And then last year I recorded Burn and Just Out of Reach with him. Just Out of Reach, we started pre-pandemic and then finished mid-pandemic. We had There was a long spurt of not working on it at all. Um, so that's kind of how music became my full-time job. I lost one career, gained a career, then the pandemic made me lose the second career and now I'm <laughs> weirdly online teaching back to the first career. And so it's just this weird mismatch of things. And, you know, now I'm, I'm doing both and I was never really able to do both before. So I'm hoping I can kind of keep with it. And one, one big thing that's going on right now is other than I'm serving on the board at Americana Music Academy, but I am now working with the, I live in Baldwin City now, um, and I'm working with the Lumberyard Art Center there, and we are starting a live music program in Baldwin. We got uh, nice. a grant through the National Endowment for the Arts, so they could hire me as a consultant, and when things are safe, we're going to start having some performances there. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, these are the singles that we're listening to now, right? This is the first track off the record, off of Broken Bottles. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I wrote this a long time ago. Um, Okay. And I was really excited. This was the first song I ever had played on the radio. They played it on KPR for Trail Mix. It was really... That's pretty cool. Um, Yeah, I just wanted wanted to make sure I knew what was from you know a while ago and what was kind of done more recently so yeah we're going approximately in chronological order i mean pretty close to chronological order so the ep's first 2016 okay okay and i was when we get to the singles i'm pretty sure i put the 2019 pair first okay and the the newer ones second but i'm not quite sure i got like down to the month like which order they come in i don't even remember when okay i don't even know (laughs) So, so the Megan heads won't come after me for uh, flipping the order around. They won't. They won't get aggressive. I'll send out a mass email. Tell them not to freak out. <laughs> it's funny. I haven't listened to this in, in quite a while. It's fun to to hear it again. So, what was going on when you wrote this? This one. Um, 
was I had just met somebody in when I was still living in Vermont, and we just we met by chance. We got together almost immediately, and it's you know a song about God. This feels so fast. It's kind of leaving me breathless and leaving me spinning, just like this person. It's just I've just fallen in love with this person so so quickly. Um, you know, and then I I moved to Kansas after we'd been together for six months, and we we were long distance for like three years. We we tried to make it work for a while, but he and I are still very good friends, which I'm lucky to be able to say that. You take my breath from a chest of my thinking. Now you left with a that's a mandolin um, accompaniment, right? Yeah, Mandolin Dan. I met him at the Gothic Cowboy Review. He plays with Outlaw Jake. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask about the mandolin too. So, yeah, lots of mandolin on the CP. Yeah, I like yeah. it. It's, yeah, I had, um, yeah, I played acoustic guitar and did harmonies, and then Dan did the mandolin on there. Jake did all of the production and um, kind of coordinating because I was teaching, you know, while I was doing this. I recorded a lot of these tracks at like nine in the morning before I had to go teach. Um, it was funny. I was so nervous. I'd never been in any kind of studio before and I was freaked out. I didn't really know him that well either. And so I'm just in this acquaintances garage trying to sing at night and I'm not a morning person so he was like just have some wine have something to drink I'm like I have to go teach students I'm in my business casual like what do you but I, I did it <laughs> um, well, that's worlds colliding right there for sure <laughs> so I guess I had some fun classes on the days that I had something to drink before I bet yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then I think Jake plays some some bass on here too. Uh, Jimmy Bloomquist, I think, plays some bass too. He's in a band with Ryan Manuel, Ryan Manuel on the Getaway. So it's just like this wonderful patchwork of instruments and, and people that I really didn't know very well then and was super intimidated by, and now now they're all good friends of mine, which is, which is great. That's great. I feel like that's just classic collaboration. Like you just constantly throw yourself into these odd situations, and gold comes out. And it's kind of a Lawrence thing, because I, I, yeah, I, I mean, things kind of went similarly for me as well. And now there's like really good friends of mine that I play music with now, and it's it's a good feeling to have that. Yeah, and it, it's it's so weird because I kind of had had my little Russian bubble of people at the university <laughs> and then all my other people were like you know music dudes it was just this weird you know and I don't I don't know if they ever met those two groups sometimes maybe but you know I don't know it's just if I have my music family and my Russian family and <laughs> Oh, and I forgot to mention Greg Pellegrin, who plays harmonica on two of these tracks. He is a wonderful gentleman who teaches at Americana Music Academy and probably one of the biggest supporters of my music. He is just delightful, and he's been a huge encourager of mine 
too. Just somebody who's like, you can do it. You can, you can. I believe in you. You're great, and always excited to to jam. I, you know, you run for for COVID, ran the jam at Americana. And super talented harmonica player, and I can't forget Greg. Very cool. <laughs> what up, Greg? <laughs> Wherever you are. <laughs> I don't ever want you to be that far. So you'd go in at nine in the morning and you record your parts and then you'd come back and all the other stuff would be added and, and the arrangements and stuff would be done? Um, it would depend. So, you know, we kind of just scheduled it around whenever people were available. So most of the time it was before I taught. Sometimes I would come in the evenings and work on it. So we'd track. You know, I wasn't experience in the studio at all so normally you know you track your instrument and then you track your vocals after but we did it both together and then I would track guitar over it because I was just so like nervous I didn't know what I was doing so I, I was like I don't know how to play the guitar without singing I don't know what I'm right? doing so you know we track that um, and then I would come in another day and we would do harmonies and he'd be like check out the mandolin or the bass that was added and so I got to hear it in stages and then and then he would master it and it was I mean god he did this seven song album EP of mine while he was also working on someone else like two other EPs and his own the man is just amazing how he did all the percussion and mastering mixing production so I don't know how when he worked on what or when he slept he has four kids I don't know <laughs> but he, his, his kids weren't born yet two of them the twins weren't born yet so that that probably helped quite a bit <laughs> people like that are just yeah mysteries for sure like sponges of information and then they do they're doing all these other things too it's like where, where do you get the time I don't know you're driving away from me I say that as someone who should have the time <laughs> I still find that I don't yeah with, with the pandemic it's like well, I should be practicing like four hours a day and writing a bunch of new songs and, mm. and doing this and doing it should is a very dangerous word I think. <laughs> because it makes you feel like crap when you don't fulfill these ridiculous expectations that you've put yeah. on yourself for no reason it's like it's a pandemic and you're miserable and you should be in your pajamas eating cake watching tv you don't have to constantly be creating and yet you know it's a weird glimpse into my personal life. no no i agree completely and i'm you know pre-pandemic i was very I prefer to be a very focused, I've got lists and I've got spreadsheets and I've worked through it and, you know, but I've slowly just had to notch that down to just like, does it, does anything sound fun to do? And if not, I'm watching Deep Space Nine in bed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to nerd out and that's, that's where I'm at in February of the pandemic. And I think that's fine. I think everybody just needs the okay there's a lot of like unacknowledged, unspoken trauma just yeah. around us, and yeah. just getting through the day is plenty. Yeah, I've started learning fiddle. That's something that I that's kind of keep me have something to do 
almost every day is you know at least I can I can be working on this and I feel uh, like you're th- you're throwing up those riff a day uh, uh, challenge weren't you yeah yeah no yeah, yeah I saw some of those that's cool I I, I wish I could commit to that something that regular that would be very cool I bet it was. Yeah. And I was stupid, and I was like, why not do it on two instruments? Like, <laughs> you know, my fiddle teacher was like, you should do a riff a day challenge, where you do a different, you learn a different riff on your instrument for every day of January, um, and you post it on Instagram. And so, because I was learning the fiddle, I was like, well, I should do it on the fiddle, because she told me to do it. Um, then I was like, this would be great for my guitar playing. So I started doing that, and then by the end of it, I was just like, oh, "I hate this. This is I don't have nothing new. I hate music. I <laughs> Did hate it." <laughs> I think it's really improved my guitar playing. At the, with the fiddle, I'm such a noob that I ended up just like learning a different fiddle tune. You know, I couldn't. I'm not like I don't improv yet. I can't do cool riffs. They're hard to play. Like, like the intonation is is. I found particularly difficult. Poor family has to listen to me play that that thing every day. I feel very bad for them because guitar you can sound good on the guitar pretty quickly. You know, like I play the chord and I sound great, but the fiddle, oh man, you sound bad for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I started playing the piano five years, six years ago now. And I think I sound like a third grader now. So it was like really, really bad for a long time. Put on my headphones and do it on the keyboard so nobody would know I was doing it. At least you have that option. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is uh, one of the harmonica tunes. Maybe we should check out a little bit of this. Yeah. I was going to mention that I uh, enjoy the lyrics to this song. Thank you. Yeah. I'm an angry lady when I wrote this song. <laughs> and which one is this? This is um, one more shot. So the way the way the album kind of goes is that it starts with a love song, a couple love songs, and then it just kind of devolves. <laughs> you know, because That's most funny. of the yeah. It, so this one I had. This person I was with before, um, this was during college, we were in the old time music club together. And you know, it's my first real, real love of my life. And first person I'd ever lived with, lots of, lots of firsts with this person. And, um, and then he ended up cheating on me and we, we broke up, obviously. And so it's just like, I hope you're just drinking yourself in a, like, in a hole somewhere, realizing you're a bad person. If I'm going to, I don't know how, how this podcast is rated, so I'm going to leave it at that. But. This is but the Megan O'Shell show. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're still, uh, we're still in pretty yeah. safe territory right here. Awesome. All right. I'm going to tell you, this next one coming up, this is deeper coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, this is my, I mean, this was, if I had to pick one, this was my favorite for, for I don't, I think it just speaks to who I've been in my life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I really, really enjoyed this song. Thank you. 
it's it's funny I don't really play this song live anymore I probably should I, you know a lot of these I don't I think I only play the title track and regret just two of those um I remember uh, one time I did a, a show and I sent out to my email list for my listeners to just pick a song of mine that they liked and I would learn it and play it because I don't know all my songs, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and all the songs that people pick were like songs I'd never even considered playing, ever. You know what I mean? Like ever considered playing. So I test them out and see how people respond. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. Because I, you know, one of the songs on here, the second one, Pretend, is one, you know, you get self-conscious as an artist. And you're like, well, this one isn't interesting enough. I wrote, I wrote these a long time ago. I wasn't the best guitar player. I wasn't, you know, I just had all these, I felt like I have to prove something all the time. And, and I just think they're too simple or something. So I don't play them because I'm self-conscious about them. But then you re-listen to them and you're like, simple is fine because... Mm -hmm. You don't have yeah. to, I don't have to shred. Not that I could, but if I could, I wouldn't have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it's also cool that you can have songs that you don't play often and you can throw them in and switch things up in the set. Um, but yeah, I, I, like Roy said, you should probably play this one more. <laughs> yeah, I will. I, after this, I definitely, I'm going to probably go try and relearn it you know crazy thing Simple is, connects a lot of times yeah. yeah it does and i it's something i have to remind myself because i always feel like i have something to prove especially as a female solo artist i'm like they're you're judging my guitar playing they expect i don't know i don't know if people tend to expect less of a female guitar player but i i just feel like i have i don't know i want to prove people wrong about their preconceptions about things um I don't know. <laughs> you know. The thing is, is most the average person has no idea. You know what I mean? They don't. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I took they me a don't. while to learn that. Yeah. But yeah, that is a great lesson for anyone starting out or even if someone's been doing it for a long time. Is Yeah, for sure. You know, you can't think about performing as if you're performing for a bunch of other musicians who are going to be like, she just played a song in G. That's despair. Right. They don't know. They don't care. They're like, oh, <laughs> I like this. It's, so I try not to have things sound the same. And I'm hoping that that, you know, the things I've put out don't, because, you know, some artists are like, okay, well, they have a good song and then all the songs got to sound alike. And I really try not to do that. And hopefully... That doesn't happen. Well, I didn't notice that in any of these songs. That's... Yeah, I was gonna. When we get to it, uh, the f whatever single I put first, that we'll hear in a couple minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, the lyrical shift. We can talk about it when we get there. But the lyrical okay. shift was really great. But they're just they're just a very different jump from the EP stuff. Um, and not the one is better, but just it's like, oh, May is doing something different here, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, these are all the songs on here are about they're all just about relationships and you know, saying about the order, how they just kind of 
for lack of a better word, devolve, but I mean, this, this one in particular, you know, I was in a, I have, you know, everyone has a type, apparently my, my type is an alcoholic, I don't know, that's just what I'm drawn to for whatever reason, <laughs> so, you know, getting into nasty fights, and I, I met someone in Kansas. Uh, he's actually, we shared an office, we were grad students together, and he had a horrible drinking problem and was abusive in almost every way that a person could be abusive. And they jokingly say, you know, I got an album out of it, you know, that's what I, but, you know. Well, yeah, that's the thing, like, you just, I mean, uh, yeah, that's hard, hard stuff to talk about, and it was really dark right there, but... You know, like the when I'm listening to the lyrics of these songs, you know, um, I'm not necessarily going there. It's just kind of a story about um, I just kind of like a drinking type of life. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, this one. I think you know, it was um, it was the first song I wrote that was kind of just like a collage of images more than. A story, mm-hmm. you know, and I really like that that songwriting technique. I have a couple other songs that I do that with, but it was really just snapshots of that life, mm-hmm. you know, like gla- broken shards yeah. of glass on the floor and like a hole in the wall, you know, someone punched it or, you know, there just happened right there. As I said it, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not just someone's really thin skin just on a, on the glass and you know what drinking does to a person I mean this, this man eventually he passed away uh, last year I, I think from alcohol um, so to me when I hear this song and when I sing this song it brings me right back to that place but I think when I'm just kind of mm-hmm. hearing it in the background now not paying attention to the words I'm like it's kind of a perky song yes <laughs> I, I, was about, I was about to make that exact point it's um I, I, I'm not saying it's like a happy song, but the, the chords and, and all that stuff, like when you start this two lyrics, like, oh, you know, but then on the, on the, on the uh, another level, it's coming from like a real place. It's not happy. Right. Well, and I think that allows people who experience that are experiencing that, like to not feel alone, you know what I mean? Like with the way that you kind of meshed it with, uh, like the music doesn't feel overly sad, doesn't feel like I'm just gonna go in my corner and die. You know what I mean? It's like I, I experienced it and I'm still here talking about it, you know? Right. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully people can get that out of it. Um, you know, this next one, this is the last song on the record and it's called Addicts. And out of that relationship, I realized that, you know, this person can be addicted to alcohol and whatever else, but I am addicted to this person. And I never understood before that relationship why people stayed in abusive relationships. I never understood it. Just, you know, naive person in their teens and 20s, like, why don't you just get up and go? And it's because you're bonded together by the trauma that you've been through. And it, I was like, God, I am just as much of an addict as you are. And you are my drug you know not not in a good way <laughs> um, <laughs> you know <laughs> so oh, can I take 
Yeah. But I mean, to, to to put that in a lyric and stand on stage and sing that to people takes courage, and I think your courage, you know, it, it gives other people courage. Um, I did a song one time, and a, a woman came up to me. It was like a heartbreak song, and she was like, mm-hmm. "I feel like there's somebody in the world who gets what I'm going through, and that just makes me feel better." You know what I mean? So we thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, I mean, that relationship caused so much tension between me, especially and my mom, because she didn't understand. She'd never gone through, she'd been with my dad since they were 15. She'd never been through a, a relationship like that. And she's like, I just don't understand, you know, why you're not going anywhere. And the song just kind of poured out of me like, well, this, this is why. You know, I know I need to leave. I know this is terrible for me, but I just need, I need that one more, one more fix of this person and just keep coming back to it. And I hope if someone listens to it, who's going through that, they understand like, you're not stupid for not leaving. Like, yes, of course you should get out of this situation, but like, it's so much harder than everyone else outside of it Mm -hmm. is making it seem. Right. Right. So. And maybe. That's another one that. Go ahead. I was just saying it's another one where if you're not paying attention to the words, it still sounds kind of upbeat. I don't know. know, Like with broken bottles, like if you're not paying attention to the words, I mean, I guess it's a little bit more melancholic, but it's still, if you're not paying attention, you wouldn't necessarily. But I mean, it's a, it's a, I like like the hook at the, uh, like one more for the road, you know, one more fix. Mm -hmm. Like it's, 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 it's a good, Turner phrase and yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so we're getting ready to come up to the more recent singles, right? Yeah. Right, we have a little we have a little break here to have in microcosm, you know, the passage of time. We have a little tiny little passage of time <laughs> to represent, you know, a couple years. Uh and then we'll get to something that was released in in twenty nineteen and you know, maybe since we started to kind of talk about uh, writing a bunch, Megan, mm-hmm. you know, kind of how how do you write? Where do you like to write? How does how does writing work for you? It's it's definitely different depending on the song. Um, one of the songs on that album, Regret, that kind of came out of I was at a bar uh, for open mic in Vermont. And someone was a friend of mine, another musician was saying something about, oh, people are, those people are adults. They're off with, in houses with children and spouses. And I was like, ooh, I want that. And that song just kind of grew. Let me just out jot of this that. down. Yeah. And um, I'll never forget that. And so some songs come from a word or a phrase and they just kind of, they build from that. Um other songs, I'll start with the chords first and hum a melody. There have been times where I was dreaming that I was playing a song that I hadn't written yet. And I woke up and like wrote stuff down and some, you know, obviously some of it doesn't make any sense, but you have, you have like a melody or a feel to something. You're like, okay, I have to make mm-hmm. this happen. Um, and then, you know, I used to write songs in bursts where I would just sit down and the entire song lyrics and music would come out at once and I'd be like, okay, it's done. And I'm not going to touch it. And that's pretty much every song on that album happened like that. And it's only now that I'm like older and and starting to think, well, maybe I should edit 
Maybe I should go right? back and actually like <laughs> sit down and work on this and think, is this the best way to say this? Is this the best way? Can I add stuff? And so I've gone back to some older songs. Um, Miss You is one of the ones that I released in 2019, but I wrote it, you know, back in college. I wrote it, you know, over 10 years ago, but I came back to it and added stuff to it. And um, it was another one of those songs where I was like, oh, this is oversimplified. I don't play this live and I played it for my husband and he was like, I love this song. This is the best song I've ever heard of yours. You need to record it. <laughs> and I did what as I was told and I recorded it and and now I'm like really happy with it. And I it's another one, you know, in your twenties you're writing about relationships and you know, you'll we'll listen to the song whenever it after the passage of time has passed. And yes, we like to be as realistic <laughs> as possible on the And on um you know, it's about a relationship, but the more I think about it and I'm like, it's, it's not just about romantic relationships. It can be about so much, so much more. I won't talk about it while, until it plays, but you know, um, yeah, I edit more and, and it's not just like this, this creative frenzy. Um, you know, it's sometimes, yeah, music comes first. Sometimes lyrics comes first. Um, here it is. Here's Missy. <laughs> also trying to be better about like, just because I wrote a song does not mean that that song is worthy of being played in front of people too, you know, because normally it was just, I would write something and that, that was it. And I was done with it. And now I'm trying to have more of a critical eye with it and think about, you know, is this something that I you know, writing more just to get into the practice of writing because I'll have stretches where I don't write anything. And the pandemic has been one of those times that I've written, I think, three songs during the pandemic when I've had all this free time. It's weird also to write when other people are around. Mm -hmm. You know, and my husband and my stepson are always here. So it's very hard for me to, like, mess around and, like, sound bad or try stuff out. And, like, <laughs> yeah. and, so That's understandable. Yeah. You. One thing I noticed uh, at the beginning of this song is it seemed like, like the melody, whatever instruments were playing there, there, there was a more deliberate um, melody. Mm -hmm. That is that is the magic of Matthew Molnix, okay. the guy who recorded this. He, um, you know, I play acoustic guitar and I sing and harmonize, and he adds. He added the slide and the bass, yep. and um, that little that little part at the beginning. I was saying it. And I was like, "This is gonna sound like weird space noises," but if I was singing, but you know, that is something that he added, and it really it ties it together. And he he is just such an incredible musician, and, and the arrangements that he does of these songs take something very you know very simple and just straight acoustic and singing, and he just he adds so much without without overpowering it, without just adding shit to add it. It's just like, it's very thought out and like this will, this will help it build where it needs to build and come back. And yeah, he does, he does great work. Was that him singing the harmony? No, that's me. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. He's got quite a range. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. 
I, when I first started singing, I thought I was a soprano because I thought, I was like, well, girls sing up high. And they just, that's just what they do. They're little songbirds. And then I started writing songs about drinking too much. And I was like, I can't <laughs> sing this like that. And so I, I found this other, this other super powerful, loud voice inside of me that took me a while to figure out what to do with it. But now I'm able to have this range, and yeah, on that part it does make sense. It sounds kind of like a guy. <laughs> it's, I mean, it sounds good. I just was. Yeah, it's low. That's cool. Though. It helps. I cover a lot of. I cover Johnny Cash a lot. Um, I cover a lot of men songwriters. Um, I'm trying to learn more female artists, but um, it helps when I sing in Russian too, so I can get those like low, <laughs> low Russian dude notes. <laughs> Are we going to hear some Russian uh, songs? Some songs in Russian? I have never written a song in Russian. Um, because that's hard. And I'm not, <laughs> not good enough at Russian to be able to do that. Um, that's a whole other other level. But I do perform quite a bit in Russian. Um, and people keep asking me when I'm going to record an, like a CD of, of Russian songs. And I've thought about it. And I keep weighing the idea of, okay, if I'm going to spend the money to record, am I going to put out my music or am I going to put out Russian music? Mm-hmm. Um, and a friend of mine warned me, he was like, you don't want to be just known as the chick who sings in Russian. You don't want it to be like relying on it, have it be a crutch. Um, or a gimmick or something. Right, right. But I, I, it makes me happy and it makes me, it's bridging my two worlds together. So I still And you do can it. do it, you know? Yeah. Like who else in Kansas can do that? <laughs> um, just like like go co- to a completely different genre and have an alter ego in that genre and yeah that would be super tight <laughs> and it's funny because you know i can mess up publicly i can sing these songs and like mess up a lyric and nobody knows um except for one time i was singing i sang at a russian folk uh, slavic spring festival every the past couple years uh people i know at the university and i sang a bunch of russian songs some guy came up to me and was like it's great should have been in ukrainian i guess i was being an imperialist i went i learned some songs in ukrainian and i sang one the next year and i was playing it at uh old shawnee pizza in lenexa and i totally messed up the words it goes there's like one uh one line for each day of the week and I like started on Friday for whatever reason. I just like, I don't know. And I was like, oh, it's fine. Nobody knows. And this like, tiny Ukrainian woman freaking pops out of nowhere. And she was like, oh, did you just think we meant to let me feel love? It's so exciting. And I was like, yeah. And I messed it up hardcore too. Thank you for being that token Ukrainian who just yeah. happened to be here. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, man. This song, Folk Singer. Um, I wrote it right before I defended my dissertation, and it was about uh, this idea of you know I'm, I'm about to embark on this career as a you know I want to eventually become a professor. I'm going to be teaching in university, but what about music? Like what? What wouldn't it be silly if I just did folk music instead? And then you know a month later, that's what I was doing. So it's just <laughs> it's just funny when I hear this song to think about like. God, I had no idea where my life was headed. I thought Careful what you write. I know. Well, I mean, here we are. <laughs> this is the one that, that jumped out at me. And it had, you know, the 
breaking the rhyme scheme in the first verse. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the something about this subject matter and just the way... I don't know, something about it just really leapt out of me. It's like, oh, like this is a whole new a whole new mode of operation. Uh, that was cool to hear. It's not about a relationship. You know, this is... I, it's something, it's about something going on inside of me, and it's... I'm try. There's some lines where I try to be funny, which I'd never done before. I'm like trying not to take myself too seriously and poke fun at myself for, you know, wanting to be a folk singer. And it was definitely new for me to kind of go in that direction because it's it's so much easier for me to write dark songs and songs from a place of pain and sadness. They just come out more easily. I don't know. You just it has to be cathartic. It, you know, you need to get it out somehow. As opposed to like, wouldn't it be silly? Like that, I don't, I don't have like a burning desire to get that shit out, you know. But I, it could happen. Um, and I'm glad it did because this one makes me, makes me smile. I like the lyrics about the Martin guitar. The, was it a beat up truck? I drive a beat up car, but I've got a Martin guitar, and my priorities are in line. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's perfect. I didn't have a Martin yet when I wrote that. I was just like, it's okay. That's, I did have a okay. Be careful what you write, Megan. Exactly. <laughs> I have a Martin now. That's Tell us great. about the Martin. <laughs> you got the music career and the Martin guitar. Beautiful man that he is got me a Martin for Christmas a couple of years ago. He lovingly wrapped it in a trash bag. Put it under the tree. <laughs> Keeper. I know. For sure. Uh, yeah. So I've got this little parlor guitar, a little Martin that I love. Um, yeah. Are we hearing it now? Um, yeah. Yeah, I played it on uh, Folk Singer and on this one, too. Just like right when you said you have the little parlor guitar, what I was hearing like lined up I'm a huge Wilco and Jeff Tweedy fan, and he has a little parlor. I think it's a Martin. I could be wrong. The Tweedy fans will <laughs> get after us, but he has a parlor guitar of some type from like the 20s. You know, that just shows up all over Wilco records. Mm-hmm. And what what was coming through my headphones right when you said that was like, oh, that sounds kind of Tweedy like. Oh, cool. <laughs> This one, I actually have somebody on harmonies that isn't just me. Uh, it's Jeff Groves. He's the owner of Cow Valley Public House. Mm-hmm. And he and That's I are, really cool. we started a band together. I met him and I was playing, you know, at the bar. And he said, you need a band and I want to be in it. Um, and so we, right before the pandemic, we started a band. My husband plays guitar. Um, Jimmy Bloomquist, who played bass on my Broken Bottle CD, he plays bass. Uh, then Jeff Groves plays acoustic guitar and sings, and then Mike Lawrence does percussion. But he he has just the most beautiful high voice. Like we do karaoke sometimes, we do Jackson, and I'll be Johnny and he'll be June. Oh, it's nice. just it's yeah, it's it's delightful. I love singing with him. I miss it so much. We had one show, New Year's Eve. And then the pandemic hit, and we were played again. <laughs> well, I, I meant to ask, um, maybe a little earlier, just if you had ever uh, done, you know, more, like, 
kind of a band setting or you know play these songs in a band so, yeah. so it's cool that she that's cool that she uh, you mentioned that and you have so that's briefly cool. <laughs> well it, it, yeah it'll come back around yeah I hope so. it was so much fun but my god that show like I play in front of people all the time and I have never been more nervous to play than to play with a band because I was like these people are here playing my songs for whatever reason like they've devoted hours of their time to learn this stuff I'm supposed to be their you know band leader which is super I'm not like a you do this and well you know I'm, I'm just like what if we all just did it together and, and not not a good personality in terms of trying to lead people and give them direction but yeah, I was so scared. I was like, I'm going to let them down. I'm going to mess it up. And it went great. Oh, God. It was... I couldn't have been happier. I was like, oh, my God. We didn't mess it up. I didn't mess it up. And it was just the most fun I've ever had. Those are camp. those are the coolest shows. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully I'll get to see that. <laughs> I hope so, too. Because I, I miss playing with those guys so much. And... Just so, to hear it so full, you know, because mm-hmm. the, the stuff that I record, there's there's some, um, it's it's pretty stripped down, and I play obviously alone a lot. But to hear it with like guitar solo and who happens to be my husband, and you know, playing that last song in the band was a little awkward with him, um, burning for somebody else. But <laughs> <laughs> when you're involved with artists, you just it's part of the package. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, can't, you can't get rid of all the old material. You just it's part of the deal. It's art. Bless right. the heart of anybody who's in love with an artist. Who <laughs> was playing fiddle on this song? This is Shannon O'Shea. Um she's uh the fiddler in the unfit wives in Kansas Third Kansas City awesome. group. She is yeah. incredible. Mm-hmm. Totally makes this song. I'm so happy that I was able to get her on here. But this is another song that's uncomfortable to play with my husband because it's about me being pissed at him. I always say, like, I never really had an angry, angry song until I got married. <laughs> <laughs> but it, he, you know, we were we were newly married, only a few months, and he wasn't used to wearing his ring, so he'd fiddle with it all the time. And I'm like, you're gonna drop it, and you're gonna lose it. And he finally, it fell off his finger, and it fell into our couch. And there was some weird little hole in the couch, and it got absorbed. We, it was like we could hear it in the framework <laughs> of the couch moving around. And that's where the title Just Out of Reach came from. Because it's like, it's right there. It's right there, but I can't get it. And like, a person can be like that, too. Or I'm, yeah. you know, I'm very upfront, emotional, loud person east coast upfrontness i guess i don't know you know and he's a midwesterner and he keeps shit inside and so sometimes i'm like you're just you're right there but i cannot access you um and we had to tear the bottom of the couch off that took us like two hours we got it (laughs) we got it but um so that's where this song came from and it just like grew from there but it was so catty because he wrote that little like da 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 thing in the in the beginning. He's like, oh, you should use this in a song. I was like, I have just a song for you. That was fantastic. Isn't that nice? 
talking about you know some of the, the seriousness of the lyrics you know but the maybe lightness contrast with the lightness of the songs and i was saying or i was thinking earlier these are songs that i would think i'd be sitting on my front porch or back porch like in a warm weather <laughs> having, <laughs> having that? You know, some yeah exactly having some beers like enjoying some like old-timey folk music like um, yeah, it's good. Good stuff. What I liked about the process of writing this song is because a lot of my other songs are, they're, like I said, they're from places of pain, and they're, it was just really difficult for me to write them, and it was just sadness, and, and this one I was like, I felt like I had grown as a person because, you know, I felt hurt by something that someone did, and instead of getting sad, I got angry, and I, I'm not person who does that I usually blame myself for a lot of things and take things personally and get angry at myself and it was I felt like a good step because you know anger can be a positive thing it can tell you you need space it can keep you you know at a good distance from what's frustrating and it wasn't turned inward and and it was just I don't know it made me feel like I'd, I'd grown as a songwriter and grown as a, as a human being um being able to write that and not just, you know, being awful to myself, but being awful to my wonderful spouse. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh, the way you ended that, too. You stuck the ending on that. That was perfect. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another one that's fun to play live. It's a little awkward because those, those instrumental parts need something. And obviously don't have Shannon to play fiddle. Yeah. But I got a, a looping pedal for Christmas. Um, it's not, it's still in transit. It hasn't gotten here yet, but it's, it's a pedal that oh, I can wow. loop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got a piece of paper saying that I got a looping pedal, <laughs> but it'll let me loop, uh, vocal and instrument. So I'm hoping whenever I reemerge out into the world of performing that I'll have had time to practice with it so I can, I mean, mm-hmm. dabbling in, in playing, you know, lead guitar. So hopefully I'll be able to solo over those parts and I'll be able to harmonize with myself and it'll, it'll be a one woman band, hopefully. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the, the goal. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wow, like I've already done it. <laughs> it's always good to be working goal. on something, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it'll be really good for me. Yeah. Are you in the studio or are you preparing to be in the studio or anything like that or um now that i have this uh these two jobs the teaching job and the um, grant work with the lumberyard i will actually have some kind of income to pay for recording so my plan um soon is to is to record another like an actual full-length album um i'm not uh, i'm kind of torn between doing that and, and another EP, uh, just because I've, I've written a few songs about my mom recently. And I think it would be really nice to release an EP of just songs about my mom. But I just, because that, that album was written so long ago and recorded so long ago and, you know, for free in a garage, I'm like, I really want to just like make the investment and record something with a bunch of, you know, maybe 10 songs and in like a, with, with a bunch of instrumentation on it. So that, that's the plan. I don't, I haven't contacted anybody yet, um, about doing it, but I'm, I'm hoping that it'll happen this year. Cool. So that's, um, basically you're building up that live music program. What's that going to be like? 
Say it, say it again. You kind of broke up. Sorry. The, the, uh, the live music program that you're um, uh, building up down there. Um, I know you talked about it a little earlier, but like, do you want to talk about more like what that's going to be like or yeah, any plans or can you talk about that at all? Yeah, it's not, it's not a state secret. Uh-huh. Um, so we, I can talk about it. We just kind of announced it recently um, where it's a, the grant was to plan the, the program. So that's why kind of what we're in the phases of doing right now. We don't have any events scheduled obviously because of COVID too. Um, but there is no live music in Baldwin city, except for two times a year, there's bluegrass and barbecue and there's the maple leaf they're, festival. They're, yeah. Um, when I first moved here, I was like, God, I want to go play music somewhere. And all I could find was a worship song circle, which is not, my genre. Um, so saying? Like, okay, no, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, you know, I talked to a family friend about it cause he's a musician too. And, and I little did I know that he was on the board of the lumberyard. And so he ended up talking to their director. They applied for this grant. Um, and so we wanted to, uh, to have a bunch of different aspects, not just, you know, concerts, but we want it to, mm-hmm. you know, entertain people obviously, but have educational portions and engagement. So I want to have some kind of open mic or jam where people who aren't professional musicians and people who are, but just getting people together to play music when, and yeah. I can't stress enough though, when it's safe to do so, that's like the biggest part that I have to stress over. And no, over no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I also want to do, you know, we're next week. Work. Let's go okay, we're, right now. I'm headed to <laughs> um, masks optional. No, I, um, <laughs> we're going to pair with like the Baldwin city high school and maybe have semi-annual performances by their band or choir. Baker university is here. Um, right before COVID started, I started this, uh, multicultural music program at the guitar store at Guitarma downtown. We had mm-hmm. one, one workshop, but because I'm interested in Russian music, I, you know, I wanted to have this place where, you know, people who love music and and kids, um, come and learn about music from different cultures and have it be like a hands-on, you know, performance slash lecture educational thing. So we're going to start that series again through the lumber yard. I'm not sure if it's going to be a class or just people show up. So that's going to be an aspect of it. I want to do kind of a folk alliance, sort of thing where we have professional development workshops for working artists, uh, like a career panel or, or something on how to copyright your music, maybe something on promotion or, or how to stream, uh, songwriter showcases and bands, obviously maybe some jazz nights or classical music or, or something. Um, so still it's all in the works still. We haven't really solidified everything, but those are kind of the the main that's super exciting though like those those are that's all like really cool stuff like especially, i can't wait um yeah getting all that stuff to people that you know may not have opportunities uh, otherwise yeah that's and it'll cool. bring people to baldwin city i mean like it's a cool <laughs> little place that go. nobody <laughs> goes it's like there's this adorable downtown there's cool restaurants mm-hmm. and shops and people are like oh, i'll just go to lawrence but there's like there's great stuff and there's great people here and I feel like it'll be really good for the local economy too. We used to have the Polar Express train thing mm-hmm. that would bring people and then the man with the trains got upset with somebody else and then he took his trains and left or something. I don't know the small town <laughs> politics of it. There are no more trains, there is no more Christmas and we need something <laughs> to bring people in. So like the timing was really wow. great. 
I didn't get picked, so I'm going to take my ball back. <laughs> right. I can't. I mean, don't quote me. I have no idea what happened. I hear you. I, I hear know you. that everyone got upset with everybody, and now there are no trains. That's that's pretty much all I know. <laughs> that's hilarious. Megan, do you want to talk about, like, have you, did you, have you just uh, kind of by coincidence fallen into the open mic thing, or is that, like, an important kind of intentional setting for you? Cause it, it pops up several times in our conversation. So I, I started right at open mics in Vermont and then especially in Kansas, it was the gaslight open mic that introduced me to so many wonderful music people. And they were the ones who said, you know, you sound good, you should play here. And, and it's really what, what helped me learn how to perform in front of people, meet the wonderful people in the community that I have. So it always will have a special place in my heart in that sense. And then, you know, being able to host one is really great too. You know, I've been to pretty much all the open mics uh, in Lawrence. There's the one at replay and the one at jazz house and gaslight and uh, some other, I don't remember some other ones I've been to. I don't remember where the SNS had one. Um, and to be able to go from the person being encouraged at an open mic mm-hmm. and the nervous, like East coast weirdo who showed up to Kansas to play music to now being someone who can concur- encourage other people, you know, mm-hmm. Caw Valley public house started up and they were doing live music. And I was like, why don't we start an open mic? Um, and I've met so many other people th- that way. And and getting to encourage other people and, and have new artists show up or people who are just out of town or, you know, there are some people who are actively performing who come in and play as well, but it's, it's just, it's another little community and our open mics are normally on Monday. So it's, it's a little difficult. It's not like, you know, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday when a ton of people can come out, but you know, it's my, my Monday night crew and you get anything from, a professional performer popping by just to play to somebody who knows two chords on their out of tune guitar and is going to play stop halfway through a song and then just read poetry. Cause they like, don't know what they're doing, but it's all wonderful, <laughs> <laughs> you know, very specific example there, but you know, it's just, it's a great community and, and I just want to be able to give other people what I was given in those spaces. Um, and that's a great thing about the Women's Songwriter Showcase, too, is being able to to meet new people and encourage artists, too. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, so one thing that I noticed, you know, and this is just my experience of the, of the scene in Lawrence when I was playing out, was that there were not many women. Um, you know, maybe I was mm-hmm. just in the wrong place. I wasn't, I, they have to be out there. Right. But it was, you know, there were no solo female performers that I could see, you know, or people in groups, but never, you know, I'm a singer songwriter. I play my instrument and I sing and I'm a woman. Um, and I was talking about this with Jeff Groves, the Caw Valley public house owner. And I was saying, it's, it's so weird, you know, because usually at the Gothic Cowboy, I'm the only woman solo performer. And I'm just like, I've got all my dudes. I'm just here with a bunch of guys, um, which is fine. It's fun. But, you know, there have to be women performing out there. And so he said, well, why don't we do something about that? I'll never forget the way he said, it. Well, let's do something about it. So we started 
the Women's Songwriter Showcase at Caw Valley Public House. And every month, Very it, cool. it's me and three other performers, and we play in the round, and it's all original music. And we tell the stories behind the songs, and we go, you know, like I said, in the round. So I never show up with a set list. And most times people show up with set lists and they don't use them because we just kind of play off of each other. And it becomes this musical conversation where, oh, I, you know, one person I remember, they were like, I wrote this song about, I was on the plane from Kansas to New York. And the next person was like, and I wrote this song on a plane from New York to Kansas. And just like these, (laughs) these cool little coincidences that would never, you know, you would, you mean, they get to meet all these wonderful people, so many fantastic women artists and, you know, we hit our, our one-year anniversary in April, and we were going to have a huge reunion cool. concert with, uh, you know, I think 18 groups, you know, composed of different performers. And it was going to be a fundraiser for the Sexual Trauma Abuse Care Center. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that hasn't happened because uh, this last April was supposed to happen. but And then it was supposed to happen this April, and it's not going to happen then either. Um <laughs> At some point, it's going to happen and it's going to be great. But, you know, all these female-fronted groups of just, like, incredible songwriters um, and people who have become great friends of mine, too. It's just it's just so wonderful. And, like, the, the people that come to those events are there to listen. They sit down and they're quiet and they listen to your stories and they listen to your songs and they applaud and they're into it. And if somebody's talking, the rest of the people, shh, be quiet. And, you know, people, <laughs> people tip and they're excited. And it's just, it's, you know, I've, I've been up there with a little notebook, like writing down lyrics because I'm inspired by the person next to me. Or, you know, there have been times where people, you know, people, me, I'm the person who cried <laughs> on stage, you know, somebody, somebody, cried. Right, some, some <laughs> emotional woman, I won't name names, just wept a friend on, of a friend. Uh... Right. Exactly. Some stranger, um, <laughs> you know, cause I just lost my mom and I wrote a song about it and I felt comfortable in that space, you know, like a month after losing her. So two months after I was like, well, what, why don't I just sing about it in front of a ton of people? And I'll be fine. And I was like, we're going to take a short break. (laughs) Just talk amongst yourselves. But it it was a wonderful space to be able to do that. You know, and I had these other three women up there who were like, that was powerful. That was great. And we appreciate it. And it's just like raw emotional honesty. And and some people are just so goddamn funny. Sally V of Sally and the Hurts will just make you weep with laughter. You know, just like. It's so inspiring to be to be surrounded by so many talented women and to know that they're they're out there. We found them. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a Spotify playlist I made of, you know, past participants who have their music oh, really? oh. out there. Yeah. So Women's Songwriter Showcase Spotify playlist. I think everyone got four songs. Some people have an extensive discography, like Savannah Chestnut, incredible. I think she's gonna be on the voice this season. Um, it's, she's auditioned and she's not allowed to tell us if she made it, but I kind of feel like she made it. Um, you know, so just great, great artists, um, are on there. If you, I'm going to plug that to whoever's listening. Yeah. You we'll should go we'll check it out. In the show notes oh, so perfect. Thank it. you. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And what was it um, called again? It's just uh women's songwriter showcase. I think if it's, I don't really, I'm not a Spotify person. I'm not, I don't, it's not where I stream music but i think if yeah, you go to either. go to me like my profile it should be on there or maybe it's just my homepage because it's my account i'm not 
I'm not sure, but I think there's a link. I have a link to it like on, um, on my Instagram in like a story highlight. I think it's in there too. You can access it. Not the most internet savvy. We'll find it. Don't worry. People, it's we'll there. It. I promise you. Somewhere. Yeah, it's in yeah, a story. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. It's uh, artist playlist, Lawrence Women's Songwriter Showcase. Yeah, Where do you see that yeah. at night? It's at the bottom of her profile on Spotify. 93 songs, 5 hours and 45 minutes. Uh, there you go. Oh, apparently, yeah. I am not very good with the internet either. I do not see it. <laughs> <laughs> You we'll, have to send we'll, find we'll find it. We'll find it. Uh, yeah, she's Megan Luttrell, um, artist on Spotify. Mm-hmm. This is not a tech support podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fair. Fair. We've kind of gone. We've kind of gone full circle, Megan. I mean, from your from your beginning, you know, through your journey so far, uh, with much mm-hmm. more to come, of course. But, you know, coming all around to giving it back and, you know, creating space for a whole new generation of um, artists to uh, take that first step. And that's very cool. Do we do we miss anything? Is there anything you wanted to touch on that we haven't? Um, Well, I do for the the Women's Songwriter Showcase, I do have to say that they're not all emerging artists like a lot of these people are far more accomplished than I could ever hope to be. So I don't want to make it sound, you know, like, Oh, I'm giving these women a platform finally, you know, like <laughs> it's not, it's not like that. These women are incredible. And I'm just glad that I got them all in the right place at the right time. Um, totally. I oh, only yeah. meant Cat, that there was Cat the King, possibility, yeah. right? Sure. Sure. Yes, yes. I mean, we did, we did have somebody who I think is 16 when she played, you know, so like anywhere from 16 to 60 something. So it's, it's a great, She's on there. She's she's released some music too, um, but it's weird. I, yeah, I, I mean, there's a couple names that I, I recognize, but mm-hmm. not very many. So that's that's cool. I'll have to check. Yeah, you gonna hear some female fronted local stuff there. Yeah, I did want to um, mention that on March 26th, I'll be doing um, a live stream from the Lawrence Art Center. Um, they're doing these uh, live streams with local artists, and I'm the opening act for Half Tiger, Half Bear. Yeah. yeah. So that's exciting. Um, but I'm not really um, not really doing anything else other than that <laughs> for now. That's really cool. They uh, and they'll have a really good, you know, kind of archive of of your performance. The Heavy Petty um, did that. Um, on the 30th of January, I think. Yeah. Um, that was just really cool. I mean, it, it's really cool that they're putting that on and, and um, giving people opportunity to, you know, perform and, and, and have people see you. And Yeah, it's wonderful because we don't have, you know, live streaming. Some people are, are really successful with it. I've done it a couple times and it's, I'm so awkward and weird and I don't have the tech set up to make it sound good i stream from my phone and then i hear it and i'm like oh i sound like i'm underwater that's fantastic <laughs> so that's the whole thing yeah they, i mean you, you get set up you know like you're you're you know playing a show at, at, a, at a you know a club you know you've got great sound and then you know yeah. everybody everybody you know somebody else is worried about all the technical stuff so you you know you just check like you usually check and then then you play your set it's fun yeah so i'm really I'm fun so excited for that it's gonna be weird playing on a you know 
kind of the first time playing on a big stage like that and there's going to be no one there, but (laughs) still, you know, just that I keep thinking about that image of like just being kind of alone on that big stage and and just, just terrifyingly amazing. And I can't can't wait. It'll be great. that will be a great photo opportunity for sure. Mm -hmm. Hopefully a once in a lifetime photo opportunity. We'll get back to like real live shows and it'll be difficult to get that stuff again. I'm hoping it, it gets me out there to, to other people because that's been one of the hardest things, you know, as, as a, you know, new artist is, is getting people to know you exist, especially in the time of COVID when everything's online, because I always get such a great response when I play live, but it just doesn't feel like it translates to live streaming. And, and even what I've recorded, you know, it's still, it sounds like too polished to me. I won't let people autotune me ever. I won't let them do that. But, you know, I'm like, where's the raw, like uncomfortable part? so that's the part that i i miss and like the awkward stage banter and like weird silences that's i miss that you know but just it's it's hard to get you know get people to know that you you exist i mean even with like i won best of lawrence last year 2020 best solo artist in lawrence and i still feel like that's a great that's that's it was amazing but i'm still like yeah hello i exist and it's it's hard to you know I'm not good at self-promotion at all. Like that just now being like, I won something. I feel like, oh, you like, you egotistical bitch. Don't say that. <laughs> you know, like, where my brain goes, I'm like, don't promote like that. You're on a, you're not, that's not what this podcast is, about your music is for. What? <laughs> that That's just your creative mind doing what it does to you. We yeah, are our worst enemies. Think, like yeah, I read I that about you and it made it much more, not, like much more exciting, but it, it definitely was added adventure to it. Um, because it's great. It shows that like you're active in the community. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people don't think about the fact that, you know, the music community is only there if we're all involved. You know, you need booking right. agents, you need somebody to work the bar and all that kind of stuff. Otherwise you just don't even have an industry in our area, you know? Yeah. And it's it's such an intimidating endeavor to do by yourself you know, without the, you know, you want to remind people that you exist and, and it's been so hard. I mean, I mean, you have really uh, amazing uh, artists that, you know, may or may not have the, the networking skills or, or, you know, have all that stuff down. I mean, and, and I guess to be really DIY, you need to learn how to do all that stuff yourself, but that can be really hard. So it can be an intimidating. Yeah. To to do it. So uh, and time definitely understand what you're saying. For sure. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the time, fun, time consuming funding aspect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're, Money you're, too. You're, like yeah. you have to put out music videos to be right. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, from what, like what money am I going to, you know, do I record a music video? Do I record an album? Do I pay my mortgage? Like which, which of those do I do? I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, and it's, it's, it is frustrating to be in, in a situation where, you know, you like, you have to, you have to choose that. And then these things are required. You know, you have to have a good quality recording. You have to have a good quality music video. You have to have this and that. Because first impressions in this industry are everything. 
mm-hmm. you know, and that that's very scary for somebody who, you, you know, you work your way up and you're like, okay, this was recorded for free in someone's garage at nine in the morning, six years ago or whatever. And then, you know, but you know, you grow as an artist and I feel like people, people don't always give you the room to grow mm-hmm. in an industry like this. So hopefully, hopefully that's something that will change. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I think people are, I mean, you see uh, all kinds of services popping up that uh, are like subscription based and all that kind of stuff. I think people are really realizing that the Spotify iTunes model release as much music as possible only works for Spotify and iTunes. It doesn't Mm -hmm. work for the artists, you know what I mean? Um, And I think fans are starting to realize their music's getting dumbed down and cheaper because of that. You know? Yeah. Hopefully, that's that. That's my guess. That's my my hope. Well, <laughs> but I, I do that, see it. Yeah, I think honestly, like COVID and not having live music is gonna has already and will continue to make people really appreciate live music and artists because you know people I think took it for granted like oh I'm gonna go out and. You know, I'm not going to tip the artist, I'm not going to tip the musician, whatever. They're just here, they're background noise. And now people are just dying for it. Like, God, I would go see the shittiest band in the shittiest bar if I could just get out of my house, you know? And, and things like Patreon and those, those, those are great because people, you know, I love that patron, patron of the arts. People used to be patrons of the arts. You know, exactly. and, and it went yeah. away and people were just like constant consumption. Like I need this and I need it now and I need it for free. And I'm going to be very judgmental of any musician or any artist out there, but I'm, you know, but I'm not <laughs> going to understand what goes into it. And now we're, we're changing. That's changing. And we're going to, okay, I should patronize the arts. I should give you $5 a month because you are worth it. You know, mm-hmm. the arts are, are mm-hmm. part of everyday life everything everything is art from the clothes you wear to the music you hear to the house you live in i mean to the beats on your iphone right yeah we are essential we are essential t-shirt that says artists we are essential (laughs) well somebody posted something today with like a breakdown like a little picture or breakdown of like essential workers and non-essential workers and you know doctor essential trash person essential whatever and then artist was the first one on non-essential and then later in the post it was like who do you think drew your like little comparative picture to show who's essential and who's not you know no doubt, <laughs> no doubt. that's hilarious <laughs> yeah who who made the you know the music that you listened to while you pondered who was essential and who wasn't you know so digression but artists are important <laughs> no doubt artists are important and where Megan can people find your art we already know they can find it on MySpace <laughs> Jesus <laughs> <I> mean... <laughs> no <laughs> oh no they, they can. can't find it on MySpace oh my mistake no. can we recycle that conversation no. real quick <laughs> <laughs> Been a deep dive, um, a MySpace oh deep God. dive earlier. Obviously, people can follow me on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, 
to get updates on where I'm playing, but you can stream the music anywhere. You know, I, I stream through Amazon music, so that's where I listen to everything, but it's on Amazon. It's on Spotify, iTunes, Apple music, Napster. It's on there. Um, if you're so inclined, (laughs) (laughs) um, so yeah, pretty much, you know, uh, any streaming platform. Um, and then you can, if I ever decide to do a live stream, Again, it would be on Facebook and, you know, I post things, you know, videos and stuff on Facebook and Instagram trying to, I was, I'm so bad at Instagram. I'm trying to be better about it now. So it's before it was just, I didn't, I didn't know what to post on there, but now it's, it's growing. I realize I can post whatever I want. (laughs) (laughs) And, and you have the the website too, right? Oh, right. Of course. Yes. Megalatrail.com. Um, and you can get physical copies of the CD if, if people still do that. Um, the Broken Bottle CD is available. The um, I have a CD with a collection of those four new singles um, on there. And I have a couple T-shirts, one with my logo and one that just came out, which I am so excited about. It's uh, the logo for my open mic. I drew this little squirrel playing the banjo. Uh, <laughs> Just, I don't know why, I just drew a squirrel playing the banjo, and it's become a whole series now of animals playing instruments. <laughs> but that, so there's, you know, Megan Luttrell, and then it's got the the banjo squirrel on there. Those just came in from Blue Collar Press, and I'm very excited about them. They're adorable. Nice. And, we're, nice. Yeah. and how do we get those again? You can go to MeganLuttrell.com. Okay. Um, the website was a little weird last time someone tried to buy one on there. So you can also just message me on Instagram or Facebook and I can, we can just Venmo and I can send, send it out to people too. And I'm always taking suggestions for other animals with instruments <laughs> that people want me to draw. I posted a while ago and asked and so now there's a rabbit with a mandolin. Uh, my personal favorite is a fiddler crab. Mm. <laughs> um, there's a frog with a, tuba and bear with a stand-up bass and an octopus with a xylophone i submit either an otter oh yeah or a capybara and what are they they, okay so that limits they can't play like a capybara would be tough what could they play i don't know that's the triangle. Uh, we need an artist. Yeah, triangle. That's <laughs> true. An essential artist to determine what copybara could be playing. <laughs> All right, copybara or not, an otter would be. A ca- I picture him with castanets. Mm, love it. Well, wasn't there? Wasn't there some story like Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas? Yeah, yeah, that's Something a Jim like Henson that. Muppet kind of oh, Christmas cool. special. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> always taking suggestions for those. All. Digging in the craze. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Megan. Thank you guys so much. This was really fun. Yes. Thank you for joining us and uh, talking about your music. Of course. Yeah. yeah. This has been really cool uh, to do um, with a lot of people just being able to ask questions and and kind of get where you're coming from musically and yeah. Hear some new music and yeah, and check out that that playlist so you can hear some wonderful women. Yes, artists for sure. In the area. Yeah, I'm not a Spotify person, but I, I I think I made it like a a little favorite. So oh, cool. Uh, we can always think, look at them, like see the artists and and find them on other places. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 
You could always uh, send me the link so I could I can listen to it uh, on you, Spotify. Because you can't find it. Oh, you still need tech, tech support <laughs> over there, Royce? <laughs> I feel left your, out. <laughs> living in your basement, can't find the internet. <laughs> yeah. Stuck on MySpace, can't. No doubt. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this was delightful. Thank you guys so much.